What's up, y'all? This is Tiny and Kelvin Smith. Running back DeAndre Torrey. Senior receiver Michael Lawrence. Senior guard DJ Draper. And you're listening to Bruni's Breakdown Podcast, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni. And with me, once again, is Colin Mitchell. You had a different kind of cadence there, Bruni. I I have that it's I have that one a.m. cadence. I think that's what it is. That the one a.m. after a very brutal loss, and after a four driving hour, four, four hours drive. back from Houston after driving there this morning. Yeah, that's that specific cadence. That, that, that's the cadence I have in my voice right now. <laughs> hard to hard to miss. It's really. a little raspy. Yeah. for y'all. That that's what it is. Um, but yeah, we got back from Houston just about what 30, 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Not even. Yeah, probably 15, 20 minutes ago and um said, All right, let's do this podcast real quick. Let's let's get this let's get this thing going. Kinda like the SMU game, in a sense. Yeah, just kind of come together of emotions and feelings. We got Maya here this time. Yes, we I do. don't think she was here last time. I don't think so either. She she's she's missed the last couple podcasts. Yeah. But she's back. Yes. And and without the cone and better than ever. Without the, nobody knew that she had a cone. Yeah, you did. You told her last week. Or told did, him last did I, week. Did I say that? Okay, well yeah. So yeah. Maya's here. Now she's looking at us because we say her name a lot. And Colin, it was... Everybody who's listening to this podcast knows what happened. I don't want to belabor the point. I don't want to go in too much depth with the recap. But I will... I do think we need to recap the game real quick. It's only... It's you got to stay consistent. <sighs> Man, where to start? Well, actually, we know exactly where to start. Because the first half was pretty damn simple. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like... <laughs> Rice comes out. First of all, North Texas gets the opening, gets the opening kickoff, goes three and out. I think it's easier if I just say drive charts here. Yeah. So North Texas goes three and out, throws an interception, three and out, fumbles, then three and out again, and then another three and out. So what was that the first six drives, four three and outs, a fumble and a pick? Yeah, I think you said that they didn't have a first down till the. 222 mark of the second quarter correct that is correct yep that was their first first down and i believe they had about 13 yards halfway through the third quarter through the second quarter i'm sorry so yeah that just tells you what north texas offense was in the first half for rice it was a field goal touchdown fumble touchdown field goal in the first um quarter and a half or not quarter and a half quarter and two minutes basically and so that allowed Rice to take a 20 to 0 lead and North Texas was completely completely deflated from that I mean you you were on the field you you texted me said that there is no energy down here there was no energy from the beginning of the game and the energy only came once they finally got that second touchdown in the fourth quarter man so I, I can only imagine how how rough it was. It, I mean, well, it it wasn't even rough at first because I feel like they came out thinking they had already won the game, and I obviously don't know how they're feeling. But I mean, yeah. it was just spirits were kind of high, but they weren't like they weren't hype. Like it, it didn't seem there was any urgency. That's the best way I could put it. There was mm-hmm. no urgency on the field, and it was just like, like come on guys, you guys are down twenty to zero. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean. And you look at these drives. I mean. First drive was eight plays. Second drive was six plays. Um, obviously, that was off of the interception, so short field. And then they fumbled it, thankfully, for North Texas because they were on the uh, the 49. 
Is that right? No, I don't know where they were. But regardless, they fumbled it, and then they have a seven seven play fifty eight yard touchdown drive, and then a ten play forty three yard drive. Like these aren't short drives. Like these aren't big plays. Like these right. are Rice literally lining up in the I formation a lot of times, and they lined up in the shotgun a good amount too, and just wearing down North Texas. What was the time pos- time of possession at half? I mean, I mean, that stat was staggering. Whatever it wasn't a half, it was like midway through the third quarter. I, think I know, it was but there was also 10. a half. Half was also a. Like, I just remember thirty to ten. That's yeah, all I. It remember. was thirty to ten sometime in the third quarter, but I didn't know if you just had the half. Stat I did right not. There. So even on the drives they didn't score. So let's finish off the half right here. So there is one. There's two more drives here. To end the half, they go seven plays for fourteen yards, and then they go six plays for eighteen yards. Like they're not getting three and outs. North Texas got forced uh two one three and out all game. And Lord knows they need more than that. <laughs> so, North Texas, again, went down 20-0 early. They went to halftime down 20-0. The second half was a bit more promising, just kind of not immediately, though. North Texas goes five plays, punts. Uh, Rice also punts. Rice doesn't do anything the rest of the game. That's all. Just to recap that, Rice does nothing the rest of the game on offense. Like, until the final possession, which we'll get to. North Texas has a lot of opportunities, right? So they go down, they score their first touchdown on a Mason Fine draw play. Um, pretty much an entire drive engineered by Mason Fine where he finds a, a few guys. I believe he finds Jair Short over the middle to really get down to like the 11 and then Mason Fine runs it in for a touchdown on a QB draw there. Then a few plays later, North Texas goes 12 plays, 60 yards. Uh, Mason Fine extends the play on fourth and two. His first read wasn't there. He ends up having to throw it to, I believe, Deontay Simpson on a deep ball. Yeah, um, so, somebody like very that. Very nice play by Mason. Kind of just, again, keeping the game alive, keeping the series alive, and keeping the season alive. On a fourth and two, Mason Fine creates something out of nothing, and they go down and they score on like the next play by Trey Sigger's touchdown. And that is with... How much time is that with that? I think there was eight minutes left. Around yeah. eight minutes. Yeah, around eight minutes left in the game. Then... They get the they get the stop they needed. Oh yeah. no 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 no! What happened was it was twenty to fourteen, and then Rice comes down and fumbles the ensuing kickoff. Yeah, they fumbled the ensuing kickoff, and then North Texas did nothing. Yeah, and so North Texas gets the ball. They end up they're in position to win the game. They are literally at the twenty at the they're close. They're that. at the fifteen yard line. Yeah, they're at the fifteen say. yard line. Um, they pick up a first down and then penalties set them back. Yeah. They got a hold hold, and then they got something else. Um, I don't remember the other thing, but it was a hold and then third down comes. It is third down and 13 Mason fine drops back. He throws the ball. Where was the first throw to Colin? Because, Oh, it was to Mike law on the left side. Mike Law on the left side, yes, in the yeah. end zone, in the end zone, and he was getting held and grabbed, and there was no flag, and a lot of people thought it was should have been a flag. Doesn't matter. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't the grand really sc- matter it, in yeah, the grand I mean, scheme, but at the time yeah, it did matter. At the time like, it did matter. Just like, yeah. damn, that, that's crazy. So then, crazy sequence happens. North Texas runs the field goal unit on, and about five seconds after they do that, they take them off and put Mason Fine and the offense back on. And by the time they get back on the field and get everyone organized, there's three seconds on, on the play clock. Yep. They have to rush it, rush it, rush it, clap, get the ball, low snap. Again, theme Yeah, of the well, the second they low snapped it, I was like, this play's not going to work. Theme of the season, low yeah. snap, just like 
the small stuff just not going right. Low snap, gets him out of rhythm. He picks it up. He said he looked up and they were in cover five. I'm not a quarterback. Cover five sounds scary as hell, Colin. <laughs> cover four is scary. We know what cover four is. Cover five? Yeah. Cover five sounds like... I'm assuming is three over the top. The the corner's dropped. Like Everything's dropped. Like You got, you got to get 13 yards and you're facing a cover five. That's scary. Whatever that low means. Low snap. Yeah. Low snap. He picks it up. He makes a good throw to Mike Law in the end zone. And then Mike Law just gets... Mike Law gets lumberjack chopped in half. Yes. It <laughs> it was a brutal hit. It was like that game Fruit Ninja where you'd swipe and just break in half. I, th- I Mike could have broken half there. I was so worried for my guy. Yeah, that looked like it hurt. Mike, um, yeah, it was a really painful. I mean, he got hit in the, the thigh area, I guess, would be the way. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, I mean, he had an ankle injury early in the game, so he was grabbing that as well. Yeah, so after that, I mean, I mean he, everyone was banged up. Mason was limping in early in the game. Uh, Bean almost came on. I mean, it was just not going well. Yes. So then they don't get. So they don't get the score. They're still down six, right? Yep. Th- three minutes left. They have two timeouts. North Texas does. Mm-hmm. So Rice runs the ball on first down, gets nothing. Runs the ball on second down, gets nothing. North Texas calls timeout. They're first. On third down, Rice is faced with a third and eleven, and they throw a jump ball up. To, I don't know who, but he's about. He looked about six two. No, it wasn't. No, it was not. Number ten. It was number no, ten. It was not. It was a big receiver. It was a big receiver. Trammell's a small receiver. I promise you, it was not Trammell. I'm thousand percent positive. Um, it was not Trammell on that third down play. It was not Trammell. And I can actually look it up. I don't know why we're speculating so damn much. It's because we're. It's late. Brad Rosner. Brad Rosner. Rosner. Shout out Brad Rosner. Shout out Brad Rosner. Um. Threw, it up, threw a jump ball up to him, Nick Harvey on him. Nick Harvey, again, is only about 5'10", 5'11", and that guy looked like he was about 6'2". And it threw up a jump ball, and he came down with it and completed a 35-yard pass. And just like that, North Texas was uh, was once again behind the behind the play. Like, yeah. I, the secondary just cost them again. So then, uh, again, Rice... North Texas is still in the game. They have a timeout. The game's not over. Then Rice goes down, runs the ball, runs the ball, gets it to third and six, and they run the ball again because North Texas is out of timeouts at this point. And so even if they stop them, they would have like 30 seconds left when they got the ball back. Run the ball again on third and six, and they get seven yards, and the game was over. And just like that, North Texas season was finished. And Rice took knees, celebrated on the field, and North Texas went to the locker room. Yep. <sighs> yeah, that was basically the summary of the game right there. That was um. What a, what a good time for everybody. <laughs> what a time, and just kind of being there. Like I'm in the we're in the press box, or you were on the field. I was on the in the press box, and it was just. I can only imagine watching it at home if you're a fan of this team, and just. Being a fan of this team and just watching this all unfold and the the misery that you have to go through because sports is obviously an emotional time and yeah it uh, this is collegiate athletics so it's you have to you have to pace yourself in a sense you know you can't go insane from my perspective trying to root for every single play every single down I mean but this was just a 
this was just a tough loss for everybody. Yeah. And I just felt bad for, for everybody involved really. Um, and I say that just as a human kind of just watching the game, like watching this team throughout this whole season and for it to come to this just as from a human aspect, I've just been like, damn. So, uh, we'll get into the post game stuff in a second to quickly summarize the game. Cause I don't think we need to go into too much depth. I feel like a lot of this podcast will be a lot more big picture stuff. Yeah. Uh, Tyreek Davis led the defense with 12 tackles, uh, one tackle for loss. I feel like he was by far the best player on the defense. Ladarius had a pretty good game too, with six tackles. Um, let me, let me get yeah, Maya real go, quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Get, get Maya. That, she, hasn't, that's, she, that, hasn't, she hasn't seen me all day. So that, sedi- that sedative isn't working. Yeah, huh? she's gotten she got sedatives for her her stomach drop, and uh, they don't work. So she's supposed to go to sleep right now. I think we've said that every single podcast. <laughs> yeah, but before, see, she didn't get sedatives. Ah, the sedatives. This is supposed. This is supposed to be a different type of thing. Mm. I see. Um, but yeah, Tyreek Davis, twelve tackles, one for loss. I think he was by far the best player on the defensive side of the ball. Ladarius Hamilton was very good as well. I think Kyrie made some plays. Kyrie Muhammad made some plays, but he, uh, I, I don't know, man. Kyrie kind of struggles at times, especially with a physical team like Rice. I mean, he's really good. He's really fast, and he gets to plays, but making that play in the backfield is always tough for Well, for yeah, I mean, we saw it at that on the last play. Yes. He, he caught up to the, I don't remember the running yeah, back's name. Caught he caught up to him, and he just couldn't pull him yeah. back that yard sooner. So, yeah. Um, again, you had a lot of injuries. Taylor, Taylor Robinson did not play. Um, Mikhail Sanders did play though. So you had Jackson Gibbs starting at the nickel. I believe you had Mikhail Sanders starting at the safety next to Kyrie Muhammad. Um, yes, I'm, that is right now that I'm looking at it. And, but other than that, you had pretty much the same starting lineup for as usual. I'm Joe Zogu, Dion Noville, and, um, Darius Hamilton and Katie Davis. So, then you get to the offensive side of the ball. Mason Fine finished 17 and 32. It was a bad it was a bad day for both sides of the ball in the first half, right? So in the second half is really where everybody made their money. And Mason Fine completed 17 of his 32 passes for 163 yards. It wasn't good, but he at least kept plays alive enough times. Like he had, he had yeah. at least did his job enough times to give them a chance to win. And a lot of things went into them not winning, but uh I feel like he wasn't – how do I put this? I feel like he wasn't bad for what this offense was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean – Like, the, the play calling was bad. The offensive line yeah, was he, not good. He they did as much as he ball. could with what he had. They couldn't run the ball. Um, Greg White had three receptions. Michael had three receptions. Deontay Simpson, Jair Shorter. I mean, all of them had normal nights. Uh, DeAndre Torrey had five carries, 41 yards. Trey Sigurds had 12 carries, 31 yards. I mean, DeAndre Carey had one carry for 37 yards, so that inflates those numbers. But those are just the general numbers here. North Texas finished the game with 238 yards and um, 10 first downs. So, and 21, so basically 22 minutes of time possession. So, I'm, uh, there's not much more to take away from that. They had two turnovers as well. So, that was pretty much the overall takeaway. So, I think we can get into big, big picture stuff today um, for this podcast. Do you want to start with? With questions, I think we just need to open up for questions, and then we can. Because I mean, most of them are big, big picture, picture stuff. Yeah, they are big picture stuff. Also, thank you to everybody who sent in gifts at halftime. When I asked for gifts, I was like, that was, hey. a, that was a that was very it, it it lifted our spirits. 
Yes, and um, it was uh, it was uh, the halftime gift usage. It got probably like 15, 16 replies. I was like, yeah, that was pretty good. I was impressed. So okay, so I asked for questions. Uh, someone asked panic meter. I don't know if we need to do a panic meter, but just to do panic meter, just to clarify, we are both at tens. Yeah, right. I mean, there's, there's, yeah, I there's mean, nothing higher I wasn't than a ten, 10 last week and the week before. Yes, we've been at tens. Yeah. So yes, we're we are still at tens. Just to clarify, because that is our that is our staple staple segment. So yeah. Hey, if you if if you want to look forward to that more basketball, yeah, basketball podcast. Uh, yeah, we'll do that later. <laughs> um, okay. First from Preston Hodge. Actually, no. I want to start with it. I want to start with the with a more overview one. Where was it? Where was it? Uh, where were we at? Wait. Okay. Well, first, actually, I want to st- I want to stay with something before before we do questions, because I was I've been thinking about this for for a while. Because somebody I I've been reading a lot of tweets and a lot of posts and whatnot. Okay. And one thing stuck out to me, and again, I come to this. I come to you all, North Texas fans as a guest, right? I come in here as a 2016. I came here as a student. I've watched this team for the last four years. I've kind of grown up with this team. I've kind of covered this team the past in the entire stuff, the Troll Mason fine era. And now it's all coming to an end, right? So I feel like when we look at the big picture stuff, I feel like there's one specific angle that I'm not hundred percent clear about, but I feel like I got a little more clarity today. And that was in the expectations for this season compared to seasons in the past. Now I'm not talking seasons in the past as in last year, or the year before. I'm talking, talking before Seth. I'm talking ever. Right. For North Texas. Yeah. I don't know if there's been now again, somebody I'm a guest. Somebody please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if there's ever been as a disappointing of a season as this one. Now, again, please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think anyone has ever like people. Nobody expected this team to win less than seven games, and there's a realistic chance they win four this season. I don't know if they've there has ever been more hype for a season that has become less in North Texas history. In North Texas history, yeah. And again, this is not coming. I may, I, I'll maybe I need to talk to Hank Dickinson about this because he's he's I mean he's the historian. He's great and. But I just feel like, just off of what I read today, I feel like this is these are this is not people reacting to a certain issue or a certain problem or a certain season. This is people reacting to something for the first time, and that's that's at least what I got from it. I got from it people saying this was not supposed to happen, right? And this has never happened before. Like usually, we know if the team is bad. Like usually, we know if the team is good. Usually, like the the progress is predictable, right? So mm-hmm. you go from one one win season to set the troll five win season to set the troll nine win season to nine win season. Nobody expected them to drop to four with the team that they had, with the personnel that they had. Right. Nobody. And that's where I feel like a lot of the jarring, jarring moments of clarity are happening right now. Yeah. People are seeing this unfold and they're like this is not how this is supposed to go. Like we're supposed to know at the very least that this team is good or not. And they, the whole season have not known if this team is good or not. I mean, obviously like you've had hints like the Charlotte game and whatnot right. to where we know this team is not quote unquote good, but we didn't know if this team was bad until now. 
this team at this moment is bad. Yes. At this bad. And I feel like it's it's that's where the jarring thing happens. It's not that the team is is only bad. It's that the team is bad with expectations of winning nine games. It's that this team is bad with expectations of winning conference tournament or conference championship. It's that this team is bad suppose after being hyped to win a bowl game for the first time since 2013. Now, somebody, again, please let me know if I'm wrong. If there was a season, maybe 2004 or 2005, or I don't know, one of the one of those after the se- seasons after they went on that bowl run, maybe, I don't know. But there's just a clear sign to me that this is just the first time that North Texas fans are being like, what the hell's going on? I, I have another spin, spin to it. Is it not a reacting to this for the first time but finally having hope that the team can do something for the first time i think that is a small part of it but i think that again i think that it's always it was always a dream to go 11 to 1 12 10 and 2 right. and, I, and or I, win a conference and I, and I think that that and that was something that no one's ever really thought of even wanting with north texas if that makes sense until until really Ren Baker got here. Like they've always wanted like an okay football team or a good football team, right? I mean twenty thirteen, yeah. The one and eleven season, no one thought that that was gonna be a one and eleven team. People thought that it was gonna be like a five win team or whatever. But I feel like they've always kind of like people when you think of UNC, we talked about this last week, you don't think of football school, you don't think of athletics. But I think people with the way that they've been trying to change the culture around it is like, Oh yeah, Mason fine, we're gonna win some games. Oh yeah, this our facilities they're really good. So they were trying to change the culture, and with that, the fan base changed with them, and they had that first time of like, oh, we can actually win that those eleven games, win those twelve games, and then now it's just like they've been they've been relegated back to what they've always been. So I agree with you, except for the fact that I think those dreams were washed after the Houston game. So I think. Oh no, I don't. I don't think it was now. I'm talking about just this season. So okay, hold on. I think that those dreams were washed after the Houston game. So, again, those were more so dreams, right? At the very least, everybody, quote-unquote, knew, including us, we knew that this team, at the very least, was going to be good, like a competent Conference USA school. And so, with those dreams gone within four or five weeks, we were like, okay, let's just get to conference. Let's see what they do in conference. Let's see if they win conference. And... Those dreams were not present after week five. So I feel like this is not this is not a shock of people being like, or not, I don't even want to say shock. This is not a disappointment of people being like, damn, this was supposed to be the season. Because I think that feeling happened week five and week six. This is a new feeling. This is a brand new feeling. This is a feeling of, again, we're not good. We're not okay. We are bad right now. But I think... I think it's more accepting of the Houston loss and, and and what that really meant this week, like accepting that this team is actually bad because, like you said, we've been through we've been on the fence this whole time whether this team is good or bad. They have a good showing against UTSA, they have bad showings against other teams, and they we always kind of held up hope, like oh they'll get a bowl game maybe, or oh they'll get the conference championship maybe after they lost to Houston, mm-hmm. Houston, or after the Southern Miss loss, oh maybe they'll somehow went out and do okay and then when they lost to charlotte okay maybe they'll get a bowl game we've always kind of said had that like what's next there was always something to look forward to but now you have nothing to look forward to there's there's you can only go down really from here because you lose mason and i feel like it's kind of 
everyone accepting that after this Rice loss. Like, there was always something in the back of everyone's mind to just kind of distract from the fact that this team was not the world beaters that we all expected them to be in, in, in terms of their, of their talent. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't see it that I don't know if I see it that way because like I understand the denial part in terms of always changing the goal, right? You always wanted to but at the very least you we we said that this team was going to make a bowl game. We knew this team was right. going to make a and bowl game. That's what I'm saying. So that's why I think that accepting the fact that this team is not good at this point for whatever reason, this team is not good right now. That is the most jarring fact because of what we knew about this team and what North Texas fans have come into their entire lives knowing what the team is for the most part. Obviously you can have a four win differential in a season from what you expected. Like you can say they were supposed to win eight games and they win four. Like that's, that happens, but for not for this team, not for this season. So that's why I don't really look at it as like an, an end. Like this is all over. I look at it as like this program is actually jarringly worse than what we thought it was at. So, like, I'm looking at more from an overall perspective than just like, oh, wow, we finally know this team is bad. Like, this sucks. Wow. No, I'm looking at it as like, we thought like this was going to happen and we're never this wrong. And now we're no, this yeah. wrong. Yeah. And like, that's, that's that's, that doesn't happen. That's so, true. something has to be wrong with Ren, with Seth, with. Ref it with yeah, something Rieger. isn't what we thought it was. Something is wrong because this has never happened before. Yeah, okay, I understand what you're saying. Like it, it's just it's different. I understand what you're saying because and that you're right in that this is the end. Like, damn, this sucks. Like this is over. Yeah. But I think it goes deeper than that. I think it's like, what the hell is happening? Yeah, right it's, now? it's like was, and it, it and I, I sent a tweet to Bruni of Graham Harrell tweeting about USC's true freshman quarterback throwing for 508 yards for a school high in a game. Mm-hmm. Like it makes everyone wonder. Like is, was Seth the reason this team was good, or was it Graham? Or you know, it, it put like you said, it puts questions in people's minds. Like, where is the mess up? Where is the missing? Where is the missing cog in all of this? Yeah. All right. Let's get to questions though, because I feel like I've made my, I've made my my point, uh, here, and we'll get into a lot more with with y'all's questions. Again, thank you for the questions on short notice. We asked them while we were driving home. Uh, I'll start with Greg. Greg Everly asked, um. What changes would you make in the staff and possibly recruiting strategy? I have a question, though. Hold on. First, before we answer Greg's question. Yes. I saw somebody asked, or not asked, I saw somebody insinuate, and it was a UTSA person, insinuate that UTSA was going to be better than North Texas next year. Based on what? Based See, on this football. is... this is People tend to have uh, have their emotions getting everything and, and confirm everything with recency bias. Yes, this team is bad, but this team still has the best recruiting class in Conference USA. That's what I'm saying. So, I don't. I don't understand. Like how, you, you can't. Like unless Frank Harris comes back and is actually like you know. Right. Healthy. I mean, it, I mean, what has UTSA done that makes it all of a sudden to where they're going to be a better team? I mean, you can't. You yeah, you can say you North Texas is bad, but what's making UTSA better? Yeah, I don't. So, so I don't. Yeah, I don't, don't use recency biases. Um, stuff like that. But I, I, yeah, I definitely do think that there is a glimmer of hope just because of the last two recruiting classes. Now they're gonna have. Uh, um, I think that again, these two recruiting classes, like you said, they're number one in conference. You say for 2019 and 2020. Yeah. So I feel like that is just such a. It's not even a glimmer of hope. It's a beam of hope. Like it's like these I are mean, actual players that are actually foundation. Playing. Which yes, they didn't have. Before. It's an actual foundation, and I feel. 
And I find myself coming back to what you said a few weeks ago with just the the lack of depth on this team and the the process that was expedited with Mason Fine and the fact that this is supposed like this was supposed to be like year four is supposed to be the year you hit your peak, but they didn't build that foundation. Like the first two recruiting classes right. were so suspect. Year four suspect. was supposed to be the year you hit nine wins. But and then ex- you continued. But they expedited it. They won nine, won nine. They didn't build that foundation. They had struggle, um, lower ranked recruiting classes in the first two classes, which not to say they had bad players, but that depth wasn't there. They didn't come away with eighteen players that can help the team. Right. You didn't like, have a Deontay Simpson. It's just on different. Those teams. And um, I don't know if I'd say that because they you had Jalen Darden. So I'm talking about the depth. I feel like you didn't have like depth wise. The difference. I feel like top tier. They had the top tier. I mean, you have. Well, Jaylen I'm saying, Darden. I'm saying, like you didn't have freshmen stepping in in those times. Jalen played. Jalen Darn played. I don't know. It's it's tough. His freshman year, he played. Yeah, he played. But I mean, enough to make a difference. Not like Deontay, but he played. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like you don't have the. Yeah, but I feel like the depth is the difference, not the top end talent. I would say. I, I wouldn't say the depth. depth. I'd say the foundation. Depth is the foundation. You mean? No, 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 no. Like I'm saying, like you don't have. You can have depth at a position; it still be bad. It's just deep. No, but this depth is. But I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, a like have a foundation of, like the O line. I consider part of the foundation of a team. Like you have a good O line, you're probably gonna have a good team. You yes. have a good D line, you're probably gonna have a good team. Yes, and they recruited seven, like seven legit O linemen over the past two years. But that's right. But they're not here. It's good I depth. Mean, no, that's what I'm saying. In the future, yeah. you're gonna have good depth. Yeah. Like I don't care that they maybe hit on one or two guys like we need legitimate players like top to bottom here that yeah. that can make plays like i i just think it's so much deeper than like it's so and it like i mean we go back to houston i mean again houston without the Keen is still going to beat north texas they didn't have the right guard playing either it's, they didn't, have, the yeah, running they didn't back. have a handful of players they're still going to beat north texas just because of their depth and right. I, I just think that's the biggest thing i think the depth is the biggest thing to look at um but no greg asked again to repeat it uh, changes to making the coaching staff and recruiting strategy. So recruiting strategy, I don't, I don't, I think the only thing is just keeping people. I mean, cause this recruiting class is terrific. So yeah. try to sign everybody you can from here and get them inked. And yeah, I mean, we haven't seen Seth's players really play like the good, good ones. What do you mean by that? Like, I mean, this last, like, like last year's class that was so highly touted, the best in North Texas yes. history. We haven't seen those come to fruition yet. We haven't seen the good classes come in. Right, that's we've seen the first two classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I mean, like these these ones that we're hyping up, like they're not we're not going to see that happen until next year and the year after. Yes. So um, I don't. I I just think a recruiting strategy is just to keep. I mean, to get these guys signed and then get some JUCO guys that can that can make plays. I mean, uh, I've said it before that I think they're going to go after a quarterback. I don't. I don't know that for a fact, or I don't have any sources on that. I just my gut feeling going into next year, like losing Mason Fine and Austin Ani and. Uh, Jason Bean are good, but I just feel like they're gonna they're gonna explore some, they're gonna explore a lot of options. That's they're all, gonna try to win. That's all I'll again. say. Yes, they're not gonna take the next year off. So um, he asked, the next winning season will be fill in the blank. Winning season. So what is that? Seven and five? No, that would be seven and six theoretically. Seven and six. Okay. So you can go six and six and win a bowl, or seven and five lose a bowl. Okay. Well, let's just do regular season. Why? That's so much more difficult. Because no. that means you'd have to go seven and five. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. Go ahead, Con. I want to say next year, but I don't want to say next year. I'll say I'll say twenty twenty one with with a good amount of confidence. Is that that's next year? Or? No, that's two years. 
Okay. I'm, Next year's 2020. I'm going to say... In case you don't know. Well, I know, but like we're coming into 2020, <laughs> so like I was confused. Okay. I think... I want to go with next year. Okay. And it, it, I think it's a pretty good chance, like 60-40, almost 70-30, just because, again, they'll try to... They'll figure things out that they did wrong this year. Yeah, you won't have Mason, but Austin Ani is not a bad quarterback. He's serviceable. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, if they bring somebody in... I just... I don't see it next year personally. I I don't. They're losing three starting offensive linemen. They're <laughs> losing Mason Fine. Obviously, Rico didn't play this year, but obviously it showed. Oh and yeah, for sure. The defense obviously wasn't good, but you're still losing Nick Harvey, um, T- Taylor Robinson, Kyrie Muhammad. D- D- well, Darius well, well, let's just move on to that as well. I don't think Refit's here next year either. Okay, but that still doesn't supplement players. Like it doesn't, doesn't supplement players, but have the players been any good? Yes, but you're not. The players are not at next year going to be better. They're going to be better because right, you know yeah, why? No, because you have Jackson Gibbs, a retro freshman out there, right, player, I mean, who's you, probably going to start next year. He's going to be a retro sophomore. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm taking him over Kyrie Muhammad, even though Kyrie Muhammad has his flaws. Like there, and even if he is better than Kyrie Muhammad, that it's going to be so micro. But what, but like I'm, what I'm saying is, is big enough to make it. We difference. talked about how this, the top end talent on the defense. Defensive line is going to take a big hit. Defensive line will take a big hit. But I'm saying we we talked about the top end talent, how Nick Harvey was supposed to be really good um, and stuff like that. I feel like you can only get better from, from what this defense has been this season. I don't. You don't I, think I think so? I think there's definitely – I again, I, I'm not saying that Nick Harvey, I'm not saying that Kyrie Ma, I'm not saying any of the seniors have been, you know, head over heels. I, I mean, they're – obviously have struggled because the defense obviously has struggled, but I just don't expect retro freshmen, retro sophomores, juniors. Like the linebackers are going to be the same as last year or as this year. Linebackers have been the best group. Yeah, but they have, they've been wow. No, but they'll only get better. We're relying on a lot of people to get better. No, I, I agree, but I'm We're saying... We're relying but on I'm, people to take big steps forward. I'm not relying on anyone to take big steps forward. I'm saying if... I'm saying, I'm saying you can have guys that are on or very near to the same level, and I feel like if you get a good replacement for Refit, that something will turn around. I think the defense will have to be so much better next year to compensate for the loss of Mason, like in the immediate future, because Reader's, Reader's going to stay. I, do, I just don't, I don't, don't see them winning seven games out of, out of 12. Do we we went through their schedule last week, last week, Colin? Do you remember that? Oh yeah, and I said how many ones did they say they have? We both said like five. Oh yeah, dang. A and I, I, compl- I completely Houston. forgot they played those hard teams. That's cool. Three right Sheesh. there. So yeah, no, not next year for me. Okay, then I'm gonna I have to stick with my old one then because I completely forgot about that. I think I said five wins. But you're more so towards because of the schedule. But you're higher on them as a team than I am next year. Just for the record. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. As a schedule, yes. But as a team, I'm thinking that they're going to be improved. Yes. Wow. Maya has jumped on the bed now. Yeah. She likes you. Well, that's not good. She likes the pod. I don't. I don't know if she likes the pod. I she, think she just like get she, out of here. She loves. Let the me pod. go to sleep. Probably. No. She's fine. Um. But all right. Let's get into our next question here. Um, Greg, uh, Greg asked a lot of questions, so I guess we'll, we'll, we'll go through Greg's questions real quick. Um, he said, Bodie, buy or sell? Bless you. Bodie, buy or sell? You know, (laughs) I'm starting to get toward that Bodie 
is iffy train. Mm-hmm. Yes, Seth has been calling, like you said, 50-50. You said 60-40 towards Seth. But I think that... uh. I think that uh, Bodhi is is also a part of the problem here, so I'm gonna go with. I'm not high on Bodhi. So sell, sell. Well, I'll probably say buy, simply because. No man, I don't see. I I don't know. I can't buy or sell him. I know it's a cop out. I I will say something, but just. You watch his offense play. I have to sell based on the season because that's all I know him for. Yeah, no, that's all, all I know him for too. I just the season has been so rough on offense. I just don't don't know how I can buy him. And actually, so I'm actually retracting that, and now I'm selling him. <laughs> <laughs> Would you take the loss on? You just took a loss by buying him and then selling him. So yeah, it, it's it's okay. It's it's marginal. yeah. No, I'm definitely selling him. I mean, today it and was, it sounds it, bad selling him. I don't. Like, I don't think it sounds bad it. at all. We haven't seen anything. There's. There's been no innovation that you he said. You can't watch that first half against Rice and come away with anything other than this offense is just struggling. Awful. It's just struggling, and to not pick up a first down against Rice, who albeit Rice has had some success against good teams, but for God's sakes, they're one and nine. Like, you can't go. How many minutes is that? 13 plus 15, 28 minutes in a game without picking up a first down. I just can't. I can't I can't get behind it. I think that's a very basic argument, but I just don't see how anyone could watch that first half and be like, yeah. And then the second half wasn't even like exponentially better. It was just like they were they had a short field on one of them, and then the other one, Mason Fine basically scored on a quarterback draw, which worked one out of every four times they ran it, and then Mason Fine made some plays here and there and did his thing. Like if Mason Fine's not quarterback, you're not scoring a single point that game. No, it's twenty to zero. So I just didn't see anything that was like, oh, okay. First no. of all, did Jalen Darden have a reception? Yeah, I don't remember him catching. No, the ball. I remember him having a reception. I just asked that for hyperbole purpose. He had one reception for zero yards. Does it say how many targets? Five. Five targets. Like Jalen Darden's your best player. Besides yeah. Mason on your offense. Yeah. It was it was not good. It was not good showing at all. So I, for for this game, for the Louisiana Tech game where they Charlotte. scored for the, where they scored three points, the Charlotte offense was fine. They scored thirty eight points, or they scored they scored a lot of points that game. So I mean that was that was fine. Louisiana Tech, Rice, um, Southern Miss wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good. Um, uh, Houston wasn't great. Cal was fine. Um, SMU wasn't good, and I mean you have at least five instances just off the top of my head that you can point to and be like damn the offense wasn't very good there and then you look at the personnel and you're like oh they have mason fine they have three senior offensive linemen you have trey sagers who's blossomed into a good back at the very least you have a decent receiving corpse i just i don't know it's i don't crazy like when you again when you say all this stuff on paper you don't i don't understand how the team's gonna go four and eight but yeah here we are you always hear about teams outperforming expectations not just completely I mean, not hear, living up to you, anything. You hear about them. Strong. Right, but I mean, you'd consider this like a complete, like they jumped off a cliff. Collapse. Yeah. It is a collapse. Okay. Next question. Last question from Greg. Uh, actually, we'll get into disappointment. Thank you, Greg, for your questions. Um, Next, Jared M. asked, do you see any changes to the staff during this offseason? I already said Ruffin. I think it's gone. And it's, got, it's just a safe face at the very least. 
why would you get rid of Ref It? One, because it would appease the fan base to an extent. And two, because his defense has been awful. It's like it's kind of just like a like a he's kind of overstayed in a way, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense. Um, I I I mean I I'd have to say Refit too, just for the simple fact of just getting a new voice in there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Know. There's just I mean you look at the guys who struggled this year. I mean the entire defense has really struggled, but I mean Refit. They all endorse Refit. They all love Refit, which is fine. It's just good. You're supposed to support your support your coach, Nick Harvey, Kerry Muhammad, Taylor Robinson. They all they all love Refit, but those guys are all graduating. Yeah, and it's kind of like you're losing five starters off the top of my head. Jamie King. I mean, if Jamie King starts, whatever. Too loud, Safi. Like you're losing five. Like whatever. You're losing a good amount of starters. I feel like this is a good time to just reset it. Kyrie Muhammad was clearly the captain of the defense on the field. You're gonna get new captain of defense, whether that's Tyree, Katie. I don't know. Just reset it. Just do something yeah. different here. Just try to change up, maybe change up scheme. I don't know. Uh, get a, get a new face in there. So that's, and we've talked about Seth being an offensive head coach, uh, offensive head coach before. So the defense coordinator is just a pivotal position. It's just basically the second man on the team. Right. Exactly. So, so yeah, uh, that would be me. Um, position wise, position coach wise, I can't really go too much in depth. Um, I mean, I don't think you can go too much in depth because of just like how many at the top issues there are. I mean, just like as a whole, like offense as a whole yeah. and defense as a whole. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me go to the next question. Thank you, Jared, for your questions or for your question, I should say. Um, Preston Hodge asked, what will you remember most about the Mason Fine era? <laughs> you know, there's one more game left and that's the saddest question we've ever gotten. It definitely is. Definitely what would I remember is. most about the Mason Fine era? First thing that comes to my mind is disappointing. Oh, well, that's because we're doing this right. podcast at one thirty. Right, in the and that's that's my that's my answer right now. But I mean, it depends on what happens in the future. How do you feel like you will remember this in two years? I think Mason Mason is either going to make this to where the program, like, it put the program on the map in a sense, because you had Seth and Mason come here and then they get all these recruits. If that doesn't come to fruition and they go back to what they were in five years, I'll remember it as we had a good quarterback for a few years. And then they went back to what they were. So it would just be like, oh, yeah, Mason's great. I don't see how you can say that. Even if even if this program reverts to what it was, I don't I don't, I don't, don't see taking that stance as opposed to taking the stance of Mason Fine literally came here and carried the team on his back to win two back-to-back nine-win seasons. No, that's what I remember about him. But all I'm saying is that I, I, wouldn't, like, I wouldn't sit here and be like, oh, yeah, it's Mason's fault that this team's not good in five years. My point is that I'd, I'd remember him. It depends on how this team goes. So if they outperform expectations in five years, then I would remember as he was the foundation and made this team to what it is. They've made it like Case Keenum in Houston, I guess, made it to where they left Conference USA and blah, 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 so on and so forth. Mason could do that, or it could be North Texas had a really great quarterback for four years and, like you said, nine win seasons and set a bunch of records. I mean, I think it's... I think it's I don't know. I, I kind of just look at it the same way. I think the question, what will you remember most about the Mason Finder? The first thing that I will just, I will remember is kind of just him. Right? right. I mean, you like, just remember I him. Mean, you just, I mean, it's the same way from like Mean Joe Green. Like you don't remember the teams. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, you, it, you just it's remember the same how way. dominant they were. I right. mean, you just remember. Well, you remember how dominant he was. 
Yes, and you remember you're gonna remember like the drive. You're gonna remember him playing through all these injuries. Yeah. You're gonna remember him making receivers around him better. You're gonna remember him going through uh, Graham Harrell to Bodie Reader. Uh, you're gonna remember him having bad defenses with him. You remember him having Jeffrey Wilson and then uh, stable backs around him. Uh, you remember, you're gonna remember him having a bad offensive line for his entire career. There's just He's going to be the consistent. I feel like you're going to remember this era of 2016 to 2019 as the Mason Fine era and not the Seth Luttrell era. Oh, 100%. I don't even think Seth Luttrell, like, again, you don't remember Mean Joe Green's coach unless you just happen to know the years. Yes, but in five years, like, that, that's a complete. Oh, five like, years. That's 1960s. Oh, yeah. Five remember. years, yeah, you'll remember. It'll be Mason Fine. It'll be like what happened during Mason Fine's era. Yeah. And obviously that can change depending on what Seth does without Mason. Yes, of but course. yeah, um, I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Could it also be? You think of Mason fine. You think of it was a wasted talent. I think people are saying that right now, as in, they're not saying a wasted talent. They're saying, I feel like that's worded really. It's not a wasted talent. It's a waste of a great talent. Yes, that's that is how that is that, that is a way. Yeah, that's, that's a how it should be phrased, right? So it's a waste of a great talent. Mm-hmm. That might be how it's remembered, and I could definitely see people remembering it that way. But I just, I mean, they they basically end his career. Let's say they lose on on Saturday, which they're going to be projected to lose by a lot of people, including us, probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, they go 20, 27 and twenty five, not with Mason as starting quarterback, just just in these four years, twenty seven mm-hmm. and twenty five. You could definitely make the argument. You could make the argument that it's a waste of great talent. And I, and I don't even think that just means necessarily record. I mean, just like the numbers for this season, for example. Like like you said, the only thing that made off the offense score 14 points today was Mason doing what Mason does. Yeah. But that doesn't show up in the stats, obviously. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, I think there there will be people who remember it as like, damn, they couldn't do anything with with, with Mason. And yeah. They just, it, it sucks. Like, it's going to be the, it's going to be the, it's going to be the bane of this team's existence. And, like, for example, we're both NBA fans, and when you have a chance to go all in... Wow, she got a loud toy this time. Wow, that's a loud toy. I don't know. She doesn't want the bone anymore, Colin. She needs to have the bone. <laughs> She's done with your bone. I got, like, a pile of toys on my desk of just, like, the squeaking ones. Yes, exactly. Um, But, no, we're both NBA fans, so it's kind of like when you have a opportunity, you have to go all in with it. And it's kind of like, this kind of feels kind of like Anthony Davis, right? With the Pelicans to yeah. where like they could never really put it together around him. Like they tried, um, tried some stuff, tried to get to Marcus Cousins, tried to do this and that, but it never came together. And that's what this might be remembered as by some people. Like, like they tried to get the transfers in here. Yeah, they, they I, tried a few things. I don't know if they tried as much as they could have, I guess. With the because they didn't want to mortgage the future in order to be good now because mm-hmm. they thought they had enough right now but they just didn't have enough right now and so that's where I feel like this this will be remembered by by a lot of people as like what could have been the what could have been era yeah so that's and that's it sucks but I think Mason will at least get the benefit of the doubt from a lot of people moving forward I think Mason already has the benefit of the doubt for sure like anyone who watched him yeah knows. I don't I don't think anybody at any point is mad at Mason for sure yeah um. Epi's ghost asked, uh, "Who's the new DC?" It's gonna be uh, someone not on the staff right now. I was gonna say, I was like, I don't know why I know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be someone not on the staff yeah, right now. So I mean, that's all pick we know. any defensive coordinator available. There you go. 
take your best guess. Um, Chris Rodriguez asked, which game is the most depressing loss this season? Now, I had an idea of ranking the... What's that mean, pressing? Like how depressing, depressing, oh, depressing, depressing. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Depressing loss. The most depressing loss this season. I had an idea that we should just go through quickly and rank the the, the seven losses. Let's do that. Okay. Okay. What's the the easiest loss to take? Hold on, let me pull it up. Cal. No. Oh my god, damn! This we're never gonna get through. This SMU, SMU. Cal, that was not the easiest loss to easiest take. Easiest loss this season because we lost Rico against Cal, so that instantly but, makes it more depressing. But taking the loss, but. The actual loss, when you look at the actual you loss, they lost need, by six, you need to look and at they the, had a chance to, to win at, it at You need the to end. look at the loss with context. The loss with context was they had a chance to win the game in the final possession. Yeah, but you lost Rico. That's not that's not the same, no. Regardless. All right, we can just say that's 1-2, even though I would say... Yeah, we'll say that's 1-2. Damn. Um... Okay, we'll say that's one two and whatever order y'all want. So Cal and Southern one two being Cal, the least. Cal right. SMU, yes, being the least or seven six, however you want to say it, the least. Um, next, I'd probably say Southern Miss. Yeah, Southern Miss. I'd probably say Southern Miss, and then I'd probably say oh, yeah, Houston. Houston, yep. And then I'll say La Tech. No, Charlotte. And then I'll say Charlotte. You no, think, I'd say Charlotte. You first. think Charlotte was a less deflating loss than La Tech? So you think? Oh, I'm sorry, you were confusing me with the. Your wording, because you said one two at first, so I got confused. Yeah, no, they go at least. So again, least this is from least depressing to most yeah. depressing. So just to clarify, clear it up again. We have SMU Cal is the least depressing. Yep. Um, I don't remember what I said. Oh, Southern Miss as the third least depressing. Houston fourth least depressing. Um, I have Louisiana Tech fifth least depressing. Yeah, Louisiana Tech. Charlotte sixth least depressing, so second most depressing, mm-hmm. and then Rice the most depressing. Yeah, Rice is definitely the most depressing. Yeah, I don't know. Those are all pretty depressing losses. Yeah, I feel like, like it. I feel like everything's like a one B, one A B. Like when you C look at them D. all in context, like I mean, you make the. I think Cal is is the is the least depressing, but you do make the point about Rico just because that, like the, it was we kind of knew like he the was first doubt. domino to fall, in a sense. It was, it was. So I mean, yeah, you make that. Then SMU was kind of like the realization that again, this team is not going to be at that national level. Like that mm-hmm. was that. Um, Southern Miss was the first conference loss, and it showed that this team is not going to win Conference USA. Um, then Houston was a huge gut check for the players because, again, it showed that this team is not going to compete on the national stage. And like Even in worse, backups, they didn't, they couldn't play with the Houston backups. Uh, yeah, then we know what happened with Char- with La Tech. Obviously, that's just put their backs against the wall. And then uh, Charlotte. We know what happened with Charlotte and then Rice. So, yeah, that's a good list. It's a good list. Not a good list, but it's a good list. Or not for us. Thank you, Chris, for your question. We have one more. Yes, we do. Okay. One more question. Mingreen football, again, not the actual Mingreen football count. <laughs> I, lo- I love that disclaimer. <laughs> Me too. Uh, said, do you think anyone in this senior class would get drafted? If so, who and where? Gets only one, drafted. Only one player for me. I don't know if you – I mean, I'm sure you can guess it, but. You got three seconds. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe one. I'd say Ladarius. Still, Rico Bussy. Oh, I, Rico Bussy. Yeah, the only I completely player. forgot Rico. I think Ladarius could go like Ladarius seventh could, round. You know, Ladarius, Ladarius could go like seventh a, round. Has an outside chance. And I and I only say that because he can play. He'd probably play like a like an outside linebacker in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, you know, he, he wouldn't could, play an end. Yeah, he could. He could do that. Um, 
I, I, for, I completely forgot it. Rico. The thing about Ladarius though is that he doesn't have the numbers that he had. Right, last year. and that, and that's what'll that'll that's what'll hurt him. But I think that he'll. But get... when they watched the film, he was doubled so much they didn't. Bring yeah. Pressure now Rico, I completely forgot Rico. Yeah, Rico would be. He's the only one I think he would be my chance. lock. Basically. You think if, he's getting? If drafted. I had to have a lock, it would be Rico. Do you think he's getting drafted? That's tough because of the. Do you injury. think he's getting drafted? Yes. But like seventh round. I don't think he's getting drafted. You just said he would. No, 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 no. I said if there is one name, this is the only name I can come oh, up yeah. with. Oh, yeah. I don't think Ladarius will get drafted. I don't think Rico will get drafted. I don't think anyone will get drafted, unfortunately. But I think they are, they're at least draftable players. So, um, yeah, so that was... Uh, for everyone wondering... Thank you for your question. You think Mason has a possibility of getting drafted? Hold on, my is sitting on top of my backpack. Bree's um, afraid of dogs. I swear. I'm, we're not getting on into this argument. I just yes, while we pod, I, I am afraid of dogs. She's quite big too now. She's almost as big as me, so I have problems with that. And now Colin's on my side picking up Maya. She's so big now. Uh, do I think Mason will get drafted? Uh, no. And it sucks to say, but I just don't think I don't. I just it's, don't. It's yeah, I completely agree. I just don't think my Mike. Uh, Mike, I'm sorry. Mason will get drafted at this point. I don't. Yeah, I don't see it personally. Okay. Um. Okay. Those are all our. Those are all of our questions. Thank you all for your questions. And I, real quickly, just to wrap this pot up in the next ten minutes or so. Uh, I do want to talk about the post game scene. Yeah. Uh, just if you haven't checked out uh, my cider from the game on Mingreen 24 7, go check it out. Go check out um, all of our works on um, on Twitter, Facebook. You can follow us everywhere. Mingreen 24 7 again. So after the game, went on the field, and it was obvious like i mean anyone who's played a sport or anybody who knows anything about sports knows how emotional sports are so i fully went into that situation expecting there to be tears because i mean it's it's just a obvious thing right because like your goal that you've had really the goal this team has had for the past four years basically ended Right, and that includes Kyrie Muhammad, that includes Mason Fine, that includes all the seniors here on this team. They're not getting a bowl win this year, and so just when you say that alone, yeah, that alone elicits emotion, and that alone deserves tears. And there definitely were tears in the post game, and there were definitely tears in the locker room, and it was, um, for me kind of being with this team the last three four years i try to talk to as many people as possible in in the weekly interviews i try to talk to i've probably talked to i've probably talked to 20 different players this year and not all of them i need to talk to right like i've talked to kevin yeah. wood i talked to deontay simpson oh i did that deontay simpson feature so that doesn't count but uh i talk, I've talked to kevin wood i mean i've talked to guys who i didn't need anything fun i'm from i just like talking to players just to get to you know get to get to talk to them get to know them a little bit it was uh it was a really difficult difficult moment i mean to see seth go up there talk to talk to us and 
the thing about North Texas that is so different from covering a school like OU or Texas or anything like that is that is you you get kind of that intimate relationship with the coaches and the players. Like you're not you're one of like two or three people that cover the team. Yeah. Like that's it. Like they know your face, they know your name. Like it's I'm not saying like we're not friends or anything, anything like that. And it wouldn't matter if we were or weren't, but you you have that relationship with them. So that's why it's just like um from a human perspective, it's it's always interesting to me to see how sports affects people. Yeah. That was always that's always been a big thing for me is to see like how people recover from losses, how they deal with how they deal with losses, how they re- how they um act with wins, how they recover from wins. I mean, that whole aspect is interesting to me. And so to see Seth come up there and handle the questions to um bear the load of the blame he me to I mean Seth is a class guy regardless of what you think from, about him as a coach I mean he's a class guy that definitely has respect of the team I don't I don't think anyone can debate that I don't think anyone can debate that at all um you can argue about the coordinators all you want I just think Seth Latrell himself still has the voice of yeah, this I agree. Uh, of this team I think he still has the attention of this team I have a question um, I'll finish. Let me finish and then yeah. we can go. Um, Mason Fine comes up and he's clearly emotional and he gets through it and he's as professional as ever. He's, you can tell when he talks X and O's, X's and O's, he's lights up. I mean, he, cause he, I could see him being a coach. I, I don't know if he is going to be a coach. I don't know what he majors in exactly, but, um, he just lights up with X's and O's. So that was interesting to see. And then Kate, uh, Tyreek Davis was a class guy as well. He's always a class guy. And uh, he answered questions. Well, it's just, it just caught me off guard. And it, I'm sorry, it didn't catch me off guard at all. It just was something that I was looking forward to see him, not in a loss specifically, but just how this team was going to handle the struggles that they've gone through this year. And while they've all been hurt by it, I feel like they've all been very professional about it. There hasn't been that like, I don't know. There haven't been moments that I felt like this team is quitting. This loss is bad, but I felt like if you watched the game and you watched Kyrie Muhammad, if you watched Space and Fine, if you watched all the guys on the sideline kind of like try to get something going, like they were all like, you know, in each other's ear, high five each other, hitting each other on shoulder pads and stuff. They didn't, they weren't quitting on each other. I just don't think they were good enough. Yeah. So that was, that was my whole thing. I just think that it would, it was a it was an emotional scene after the game. And I feel like it was a, a scene that people deserve to know about at the very least. And again, I I think I summed it up in my cider decently well, just in the the picture of the after the game. So uh, check that out, um, Colin. You said you had a question. Yeah, you kind of segued right into it. Um, a lot I see a lot of people said that this team has given up on the coaching staff, or that mm-hmm. they were not prepared. Or they, you know, they just weren't trying, or that Seth has lost the team. What is your opinion on that? Um, I think that I, I don't. Again, I don't think Seth has lost the team at all. I think that they just need a new, new, new voice on, on the defensive coordinator. But like offense, like offensively, I just like like uh, attitude wise, like that's what I saw a lot of. Like, oh, this team doesn't have like the one. one well, win. I'll tell you one thing: they'll get a new attitude when they get a new quarterback. And again, Mason Fine is a great player, and he has he has everything you want in a, in a player, and he has led this team spectacularly better than anybody could. And I think I said, I mean, I think the way I said that might come off in a negative connotation. It's not. It's that there will just be a natural transition from Mason Fine to 
albeit they will not be as good as Mason Fine, but they'll bring a different energy. So I don't right. They're, no, they're I, not I know it's, it's, it's like, the, it's not like the the grass is always greener type of thing where it's like, oh, something has changed. Let's do it again type of thing. See, but I don't even look at it as the gra- grass is greener. I look at it as the grass is not as healthy, but it's like, <laughs> but it's like different grass at least, right? So it's like. I'm just. I'm I just, just don't. I just think if you put. I'm you saying put it's Jason like a new Bean, chance. It's like a. It's like a clean. A clean slate. It's almost. a clean slate. That's yeah, what it there's is. There's no baggage coming with the next season. Yes. There's no. There's no expectations. There's a different moxie coming in. I mean, again, Mason Fine was this entire team. So there's no debating that. There's no saying that Mason Fine, uh, hindered this team in any way. He was a great leader. He was on the sidelines hyping everybody up. Um, but they're not changing the offensive coordinator that I know of. They're not changing the head coach unless it's something crazy happens the only thing that will change is the quarterback and three offensive linemen i mean that alone should bring something new right yeah like that i'm not saying it's gonna be better yeah. but it'll be new like, yeah i mean i think next year also this change. team isn't gonna have expectations as high yeah and that'll also i mean when you have expectations and i also think that this year's team also kind of had this cockiness to it where at the beginning of games they might think that they're you know supposed to win and then they have to turn it on at the end, which we kind of saw today. Mm-hmm. So I think they had that against bad teams. Yeah, yeah. I no, don't think I they had that. I think they were. I don't think it was against like a La Tech or I like think, a Southern Miss. I think they still. You bring up interesting an interesting point that I think is a quick conversation point. I think they had that against bad teams, but against good teams, I still don't know if they th- thought they were good enough. I think when they played Houston, they still were like in the back. We're of not, their, we're in not, the back of their minds, they're like, like we're not Houston. This this team is like. A different breed. SMU is a different breed. Cal, I think, offensively, Cal was limited, so it was kind of like you know, hey, we can stay in the game, we have a chance yeah. at the end, but it's a different breed. It was, it was like in those games, Southern it was Miss like if, even, La Tech even, right? It, it was always like if when North Texas went into those games, even for us, it was like if they win, it's like that's a big deal. Yeah. Whereas if we thought that they were on that level, is it really? Would it really be that big? Yeah, of a it's deal kind at of expected. Point? Yeah. Right. Um, and you have to wonder that. I mean. I, this program has been good the last two years, but there's a difference between being good and being competing with the top tier teams in your on your schedule. And they had five top tier teams on their schedule, mm-hmm. and they lost to all of them. And uh, people make good points when they say that South Dakota hasn't been a winning team in his time here. They haven't they haven't won a big game in their time here. You can't argue that. No, you can't argue it. At you all. can't argue it. At all. I mean, it's it's definitely uh, a hindrance. It's definitely something that is a. Uh, gash on his on Seth Luttrell's very short head coaching resume but nothing he's gonna be back next year unless if something crazy happens again and we'll see if he can do magic next year like he, I agree that he has to do magic at some point we haven't talked about him at much much on this podcast but at some point you gotta do something special yeah and the last two seasons were special but I don't think they were special because of him I don't think you're special because of him, but I also don't think that obviously he doesn't have nothing, but he can't make something of nothing. That makes sense. Yes. Like without the, like you said, the depth, like I said, the foundation, Yeah. you can't just, you can't just put a great old line around Mason. Yeah. Like that has to develop over time. You yeah. can't just, and we've talked about yeah. Seth the show in the past, past podcast. So we don't want to go do much, too much in depth with him, but, um, the last two recruiting classes are very good. I think that is a beam of light. I think that that is something that is going to help this team exponentially next year and in years to come. I think that the disappointment with this year is very tangible and the disappointment is something that has shocked a lot of people. And I think that's where I'm at with this team. I just don't... 
I just don't know if there's anywhere to go from here, and I don't know if there's anything that will you can tell fans that will calm them down, and I don't know if they need to be calmed down. No. So I mean, nothing. Everyone's gonna feel this way until next season. Yeah, and so it's kind of just a bad taste is gonna is gonna be in your mouth, and questions are gonna be. You thought there were questions this off season. Man, <laughs> you don't. You, you we don't know half of the roster, half of the depth chart for next season. Yeah, yep. We there, there's nothing like, we know. I think about you said there's 23 seniors. Yes, 24. 24. If you count Rico, which I do. So, 24 seniors if you count Rico. Um, it's gonna be a hectic off season. Obviously, they still play UAB next week. I'm not expecting a win. Are you expecting a win? No. Uh, attendance prediction. Man, after this game, it is Thanksgiving break, by the way. Yeah, I mean, after, I, I, I know I said that they could possibly like fill the stadium if you know they won this game and then it's Mason's last game. Yeah, man, give me eighteen thousand. Announced. Yeah. Okay. So like fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. Um. Side note: <laughs> Rice yes, announced eighteen thousand. <laughs> there was about eighteen hundred there. But. No, no, I'll, I'll, I'll say Thanksgiving break. I think it's gonna take a huge majority out of like anybody thinking about driving up back for that game is gonna be like nah the two days after thanksgiving day after black friday i'll go shopping <laughs> so Dang. i i think i think it's gonna be like fourteen thousand and that's in like eight thousand there ten eleven thousand gotcha okay so, all right yeah and prediction note, um trying to think if there's anything positive we can end prediction on. Well, oh prediction for the game yeah no I, I can't do that i can't do that i haven't looked enough at uab okay yet. i just don't think North Texas is going to win. If I had to put like a vague line out there, I'd say UAB minus nine and a half. Yeah, somewhere around that. So that's a vague line. Um, okay, Colin. I think that's all we got to do. It's 2 a.m. Yeah, I'm tired. Got through it. I I'd know like, I'd like to sleep. Maya would like to play. Yeah, man. I'm not getting a dog anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, nope. Can't do it. Not me. That's okay. Not me. That's okay. Not for me. But uh, anyways, uh, please. Uh, okay. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Please uh, <laughs> sign up for Mean Green twenty four seven to become a VIP because it uh, makes Brittany happy and me happy too. Uh, you can also see all that beautiful content he puts out for this basketball season that's coming up because we got another sport to watch now. Uh, podcast tomorrow or Monday? Monday. Monday. So after the Utah State game, we'll go over that and the I forgot who they just played Rhode Island game. Give us five stars on iTunes. If not, then Apple. Apple. Uh, iTunes doesn't exist anymore. Okay, on Apple Podcasts. Sorry. <laughs> five stars on Apple Podcasts. Nothing else. We're at 20 now. So, we are at 20. Hey, shout out everybody. Get us. Yeah, I, everybody. Sh- shout out. What were, we, <laughs> what were we compared to? I don't remember. I yeah. brought it up before. I don't remember. Yeah, names. and then uh, get us, you know, goal goal for the end of the basketball season, 50. If we okay, get to 50, Colin. You think we you gotta go set up, 20 to You got to set them high. You got to set them high. Uh, I was going to say 25. <laughs> Come on. They're better than that. All right, 30. They're, 30. Better, they're better than that. If you get us 30, we'll do another Q&A podcast. But I feel like we should just do one of those anyways. It was really good. You got to incentivize them, Colin. You can't just like give them what they want. Wow. <laughs> I was taught that at a young age. I don't I don't remember the rest of the plugs. I think it's it, though. Uh Oh, follow follow uh Matt on or sorry, Bruni. Oh my God. At Matthew Bruni Matt? underscore and follow me at CJH Mitchell. Yeah, I don't like to call you Matt. Um then that's it. We're still at 20 ratings. Awesome. Um, lastly, subscribe to us on both Apple and SoundCloud or whichever one you listen to us on. We oh, appreciate yeah. that. 
Uh, tell your friends, tell your grandma. If you disagree with us, let us know respectfully, of course. Uh, North Texas will play UAB next week. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is a light that will rise tomorrow morning in about four hours when we wake up. Um, and yeah, y'all have a great week. We'll talk to y'all later.